Hey, good morning, everyone. Larry Bailey here, bringing you another weekly newsletter. Today is November 11th, 2022. We are going to review the week of October 31, 2022. As always, these weekly newsletters are brought to you from Ridge Lending Group. Go ahead and give them a shout at 855-74-RIDGE, and you can speak to a dedicated lending specialist about everything that you need. Don't feel like talking to anyone, no problem. You can also fill out an email and send that all in to info at ridgelendinggroup.com. Let them know the best way to communicate with you by phone, text, or email. They'll take care of you. Uh, or if you just want to go ahead and apply online, go to ridgelendinggroup.com and check it out. Uh, also, if you have any questions at all about any of this, go ahead and, and post them into the community, and uh, we can talk more about it uh, whenever you like. So here's the week of October 31, 2022 in review. Even though Fed hike rates, uh, even though Fed hiked rates as expected, the markets were volatile after comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. Here's that pivot thing. Uh, if you haven't heard that pivot thing, check it, check it out if you're interested. So in the labor sector, there were more, there was more job growth in October than the headlines suggested. Uh, so here's the stories for you. Fed hikes rates as expected, yet press conference Royals markets. It certainly did. It was a, a whipsaw day. Uh, headline job numbers, not what it seems. We'll talk about that. Private sector payrolls beat expectations, but hiring, quote, not broad-based, close quote. We'll talk about that, too. Continuing job claims, I'm sorry, continuing jobless claims continue to rise. And a home price forecast still meaningful for wealth creation. There's a, uh, a, a uh, fall hack where we're going to tell you how to roast some veggies, some root veggies. So check that out. Here's the first story. The Fed hikes rates as expected, yet press conference Royals markets. As expected, the Fed hiked its benchmark Fed funds rate by an aggressive 75 basis points at its meeting last Wednesday, marking its sixth rate hike of the year and fourth consecutive 75 basis point increase. The Fed funds rate is the interest rate for overnight borrowing for banks and is not the same as the mortgage rates. When Fed hikes Fed funds rate, they are trying to slow the economy and curb inflation. And this actually, we've talked about this a lot, this actually helps mortgage rates. Um, weirdly enough, raising interest rates, slowing inflation helps mortgage rates. But that's not exactly what happened here. So during his press conference, Fed Chair Jerome Powell reiterated that the Fed is, quote, strongly committed, close quote, to fight inflation, which remains near 40 years, 40 year highs as well as above their 2% target. So what's the bottom line here? The Fed's monetary policy statement suggests that they may adjust their approach to curbing inflation, noting they, quote, will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags for which monetary policy affects the economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments, close quote. Stocks and bonds initially rallied, and that was true. We watched the stocks pop that day, and the, and the mortgage-backed securities improved like nobody's business that day. Um, and after the statement was released, as investors were hoping that this was a sign the Fed understood the lag time it takes for rate hikes to impact the economy and may pause them soon. So in other words, give time for things to go into effect. It's like if you take, you know, medicine, you, you don't just keep taking medicine every 15 minutes. You, you got to wait for this stuff. Uh, however, the markets sold off sharply during Powell's press conference. I watched it happen. It was, in, it was incredible. Um, once he made it clear that a pause to the Fed's rate hikes is not coming in the near future. 
Powell also said he would rather risk overdoing it and hiking too much instead of underdoing it, as the Fed can always cut rates in the future. Again, uh, this completely, I know from people I talk to and people that I watch who are way smarter than me, who know about this stuff because that's all they do is watch this. They're just shaking their head at, at, at Jerome Powell and, and just being like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you can't just go like, oh, we'll turn it off. Oh, we'll turn it on. Like, this stuff takes time. It's affecting real people. And um, we'll see where that goes. See where that goes. Uh, in the meantime, you can see bonds are down 12 basis points. Um, basically, we hit this resistance. And so where we thought we were going to actually get a break last week and break through this resistance of getting better interest rates, cut, cut right back down. So now, again, it's a wait and see, wait and see. All right, so next story is headline jobs numbers, not what it seems. And here's a jobs report from October. If you're, if you're not see, if you're listening to me, there's a graphic on screen. I, I highly suggest you check out the video. Um, you can see me making faces. It's kind of funny sometimes. But uh, more importantly, you can see the information on the community. You can read the post along while I read it, too. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics, also called BLS, reported that there were 261,000 jobs created in October. Woohoo! While this was above expectations of 200,000 new jobs, it was the smallest monthly gain so far this year. There was also positive revisions to the data from August and September, adding another 29,000 jobs in those months combined. The unemployment rate increased from 3.5% to 3.7%, which was higher than expectations of 3.6%. Note that the headline unemployment rate removes people who are not actively searching for a job. And there were around 5.7 million people who are not being counted who, quote, want a job, uh, close quote, but have not looked in the last four weeks. 5.7 million people. That's a lot of people. So the U6 all-in unemployment rate, which adds back these individuals uh, and is more indicative of the true unemployment rate, increased from 67 to 6.8%. So what's the bottom line here? While headline job growth numbers appear strong, this figure is not what it seems. Remember, there's two job reports within the BLS jobs report, and there is a fundamental difference between them. The business survey is where the headline job numbers come from, and it's based predominantly on modeling. So almost 500,000 job creations came from birth-death ratio, um, which is used for modeling around the creation and the deaths of businesses. So birth-death is not a people, it's a businesses. This can be quite volatile and miss, and miss the mark. The household survey, where the unemployment rate comes from, is done by actual phone calls to 60,000 homes. Household survey also has a job loss or creation component, and it showed there were 328,000 job losses, while the labor force decreased by 22,000. Because the job losses far outweighed those leaving the labor force, the unemployment rate actually increased 0.2%. That was just for the month. In addition, most of these job losses came from your typical high wage earner, the 45 to 54 age group. Also of note, the, hour, the average hourly earnings rose 4.7 year over year, which is the lowest level in quite some time, show, and shows less wage pressure inflation. I want to go back to that 45 to 54 age group. So if you actually look at the report, and this is really interesting, Barry Habib, um, who, who again, this all this information is, is from uh, MBS Highway, Barry Habib, is the, is the brainchild behind this thing. And he, he took a really important moment to describe this jobs report because the most job losses came from this 45 to 54 age group. Who are the highest wage earners? So if you had 
and I'm just making numbers up here, but if you had 200,000 people leave in this age group, but you had 200,000 people come in at, a, at an entry-level wage, let's say the average wage was, was $70,000, and those same people were now brought in at $34,000, think about what the effect of the economy is from that. So that's really what's going on here. It's not in this text, but uh, Barry did a, a, a beautiful job of explaining the information within the BLS report to, to really talk about, really understand. All right, so the next story is uh, private sector payrolls beat expectations, but hiring, quote, not broad-based. So in the ADP employment report last week, which measures private sector payrolls, showed that there were 239,000 jobs created in October. Although this was stronger than analysts had, pre had expected, job growth for September was revised lower from 208,000 to 192,000 new jobs, which tempered some of the optimism. ADP also reported that annual job stayers increased 7.7% year-over-year, while job changers saw an average of 15.2%, which is down for the third consecutive month. So what's the bottom line here? Looking more closely at the numbers, the bulk of job gains were in the leisure and hospitality sector, 210,000, while most other areas saw job losses. This means the breadth of job gains last week, especially in goods sector, which showed losses overall. Job gains were also most prevalent in small and mid-sized companies, while large companies with 500 or more employees posted job losses. Neil Richardson, chief economist for ADP, said, quote, This is a really strong number given the maturity of the economic recovery, but the hiring was not broad-based. Goods producers, which are sensitive to interest rates, are pulling back, and job changers are commanding smaller pay gains. While we're seeing early signs of the Fed-driven demand destruction, it's affecting only certain sectors of the labor market, close quote. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting situation, again, where I know, again, I'm in the financial industry, right? And so I'm also in the technology industry. And the people that I uh, associate with the most are, are administrators and support people. And companies are just cutting those jobs left and right. And if you did take a new job or you tried to take a new job, it was for usually for less than what you were making before. Again, all of these numbers add up, and um, it takes time. It takes time, and that goes right back to that Jerome Powell um, moment where uh, you know we're, we're just really hoping that the Fed understands that you've got to give these things time. We don't want to overcorrect to put us into a significant problem. Um, as an economy and as a country. So the next story is continuing jobless claims continue to rise. Uh, so again, the the uh, image on, on screen are, are three most populous states here, California, New York, and Texas led the largest claims. Not surprising. The number of people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time fell by 1,000 in the latest week as there were 217,000 initial jobless claims reported. Continuing claims, which measure people who continue to receive benefits after an initial claim is filed, rose 47,000 to 1.485 million. So what's the bottom line here? Initial jobless claims remain quite low as employers continue to hold on to workers. However, continuing claims have risen significantly over the past few weeks. This reflects a slower pace of hiring and could suggest that it's becoming harder for people to find a job once they're let go. Next story, home prices forecast, home price forecasts still meaningful for wealth creation. 
CoreLogic released their home price index report for September, showing that home prices declined by 0.5% from August, but they were still 11.4% higher when compared to September of last year. This is an annual this annual reading declined from 13.5% in August, but is still significant. More importantly, CoreLogic forecasts that home prices will remain flat in October and rise 3.9% in the year going forward. The bottom line here is CoreLogic's latest forecast of 3.9% is an annual increase from 3.2% in the previous report, which is important because 4% appreciation can still be meaningful for wealth creation. For example, if someone bought a $400,000 home and put 10% down, that means they would gain $16,000 in appreciation over the next year, and thus earning a 40% return on their investment due to the leverage. So put 40 down, get 16 back, there's your 40% return. <clears throat> Here's a family hack of the week. So this season brings a cornucopia of root vegetables that are perfect for roasting. You'll delight even in the pickiest of eaters with this easy and delicious recipe, courtesy of our friends at The Kitchen. There's no E in there. I guess that's, in, I guess that's uh, supposed to be that way. Place a rack in the middle of the oven. Oven? Oven? Place a rack in the middle of the oven and preheat to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Peel three pounds of root vegetables such as carrots, parsnips, sweet potatoes, butternut squash, and then chop into one-inch chunks. Cut one small red onion into one-inch chunks. Add the vegetables and onion to a rimmed baking sheet. Drizzle with one-quarter cup olive and sprinkle with a one-and-one-half teaspoon kosher salt. If you've never cooked with kosher salt, be careful. That stuff is potent. So I know it says one and a half teaspoons. Taste it and, and uh, don't oversalt your food unless you like that. Um, and one quarter teaspoon ground black pepper. Toss to coat and spread into an even layer. Roast for 30 minutes. Remove from the oven. Sprinkle two tablespoons coarsely chopped rosemary over the vegetables. Toss to combine and spread back into an even layer. Continue to roast vegetables tender and caramelized approximately 10 to 15 minutes and enjoy they never say enjoy like you have to eat this stuff i guess that's implied all right so here's what to look for this week uh, the economic calendar is relatively quiet but investors will be closely watching inflation data for october when the consumer price index is reported on thursday this week other reports to note include october's national federation of independent business small business optimism index on tuesday that's tomorrow and the latest jobs claims claims data on Thursday that'll tie in with the CPI. Investors will also uh, be closely watching Wednesday's 10-year note and 30-year uh, Thursday's 30-year bond auctions for the level of demand. Higher demand typically means that interest rates uh, have pressure to go lower. Lack of demand typically means interest rates have a pressure to go higher. Of course, Tuesday's election will be market moving, so go vote. Whoever you're going to vote for, just vote, get your word heard, and uh, we'll see what happens here. So hope everybody has a great week. Again, my name is Larry Bailey. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day.